This podcast is brought to you by Trend. Trend is a micro-influencer marketing platform that helps connect brands with influencers. Learn more, join our network, or start an influencer campaign at trend.io. And we are back on the DTC pod. I'm your host, Jay. And today we've got an awesome guest with us, Joanne Coffey, who's the head of retention at Aisling Organics Cosmetics, a revolutionary line of high performance and organic makeup. Super excited to have Joanne on the podcast. We're going to be talking a lot about retention. She posts a lot on Twitter, and I think every single tweet is great. I mean, I think I spent about maybe 20 minutes or so last night just going through your feed. Um, so super excited to have you here to to talk about everything. Uh, where are you calling in from? So I'm calling in from Salem, New Hampshire. It's where our office is. It's outside of Boston. And thank you for having me. I'm super excited to share all of my marketing secrets. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Before we like dive in and do all that stuff, it would be awesome if you could give a little bit of an intro to the audience. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what Aisling Organics does in your own words. Sure. So as Jay said, my name is Joanne and I'm head of retention at Aisling Organics. I've been with the brand for about three years now. I started as an intern labeling product in a warehouse and I worked my way up to head of retention. And now I'm managing about 50% of our revenue right now is that repeat purchase. That's awesome. So really crazy story. I found Krista, the CEO on LinkedIn, and I'd always wanted to work for a beauty brand and I wanted to tie in my degree in marketing somehow into beauty. So it just worked out that she was local. She had a direct-to-consumer line. At that time, I had no idea what D2C even was. And she really taught me the foundation of everything that I know in the beauty business. And so I just took those fundamentals and I took my marketing degree and here we are. Very cool. So I'm sure you've probably seen like all aspects of the business, right? Just kind of moving up. <laughs> yeah, really. Like everything from where we are now to when I started as an intern looks completely different. We didn't have a reward program. We weren't doing email marketing or SMS marketing. It was basically just a website and Krista selling to her friends and family. And we've built it up to this incredible business that has helped so many women find the right beauty products for them. And I couldn't be more proud to be a part of it. Very cool. Very cool. What's been your favorite, uh, I guess, since you have kind of gone up from like intern to head of retention over here, what's been your favorite part about working in the business? Like any favorite roles that you've had or favorite projects that you've worked on? Yeah, I think just because I love beauty so much, I come into my job every single day and it doesn't even feel like a job. I get to play with some incredible products, get samples from the lab. And I think that's what intrigued me most about it was just having that process of being in every single detail with a business. And I found Krista, our CEO, so inspirational with how she founded this business on her own as a, as a young woman. And so my favorite part is just learning from her, watching her steps to success, and then you know, getting to play with some awesome products and then market them to consumers. Very cool. So I know we're going to be talking about retention today. That's what your role is. So just kind of thinking about that, when does Aisling start thinking about retention in the customer journey? And if you have any like examples as well about how you think about retention, uh, I think that would be a great kind of start to, to kick off this conversation. 
Sure. So I think about retention with our customers as soon as they hit that confirm order button. You know, I want to make sure that the messaging that they're receiving right off the bat is already personal before their order even gets to their doorstep. So a flow that I'm probably sure that you've seen on Twitter is that order delivered flow that I set up in Postscript. And it's super personal. It is a photo of one of the girls who does our fulfillment. And it just says, hey, Kelly packed your order this morning. It should be arriving to your doorstep soon. We're stoked that you wanted to order from Aisling, something along those lines. And then they get a, another text when their package arrives at their door. And it's a cute little gif of a mailman putting a package on a door. It just says, get excited. Your Aisling package is on your doorstep. Go check it out. And so we're creating that trust right off the bat with the customer that we're going to be communicating everything with them before that package even arrives on their doorstep. And so moving on from that, we just want to make sure that we're sending tailored and engaging messages to our customers. And and that's really what my job is the basis of and then what it's all about. How did you come up with those ideas over there? Like, were you inspired by other messages that you received? Was it like customer feedback? Like, how did you think to set up those flows and put all that together? I mean, I hadn't really seen another brand do that before, but I think I was talking to Krista one day about a bad experience that I had with, you know, a shipping delay or I ordered something and it didn't come to my doorstep. And I was like, it would be so cool if we could put the customer in the process of where their order is, you know, like how can we make this experience better than just sending out shipping confirmation email? And so I, I take the basis of, you know, the automated flows that Postscript and Clavio gives you and I take it that step further. How can I make this better? You know, what is the customer looking to get out of that experience? And I want it to be the best that I can make it. I'm sure that probably follows through to your unboxing experience as well, right? <laughs> Exactly. Yep. We just launched these new bronze bags. And so we like to create kind of a limited edition, you know, experience to every single package. And so we order new colors about every two months. And so that creates a different, you know, unboxing experience every time a customer orders. And so we always like to try and do different things, whether that's putting QR codes on inserts or, you know, writing a personalized message from Krista in that package if they're a VIP customer. So we like to incorporate different aspects into that unboxing experience, but we also like it to be different every single time. That's so cool. It's kind of like the longer you've been a customer the more different bags that you collect. And it's kind of like you can track your own customer journey and own purchase journey in that sense. Exactly. Very cool. That's awesome. So I know you also talk a lot about like these kind of scrappy marketing approaches as well. On Twitter, can you walk us through some of the direct marketing research that you've done and some of the results that it's yielded? I know you recently like wrote a thread on this as well on Twitter. Yeah, it was crazy. I did not expect it to blow up like that because it's been something that I've been doing for probably two years now. And I would consider myself a scrappy person. I like to work smarter and not harder. And I played college volleyball. And so I'm so used to living that lifestyle of, you know, casually untying my shoe at a timeout and then tying it on the court. So the other server has to like take a second for me (laughs) to, you know, tie my shoe and she'll get stuttered up or something like that. So I kind of just live that lifestyle of always working smarter and not harder. And I took that directly into my job. And some of just like the scrappy things that Jay is talking about is, you know, sending out text messages for an SMS campaign that don't necessarily have, you know, a call to action. It's just a message. And the direct marketing research is a way for me to go into different, you know, reviews, different Facebook groups, you know, Amazon reviews, 
Reddit threads. And I just go in there and I see what people are talking about. I see the pains and the fears that people have of purchasing. You know, is that shipping delays? Are Is a shade range not inclusive enough? You know, what are their hopes and dreams? Like, what do people want to see in a new launch um, at the beginning of the year? And kind of their barriers to purchase too. Like, is something you know, not easy to comprehend. You know, there's a Reddit thread for anything. And so I really like to take a deep dive into all of those comments and see what people are saying and then how I can curate my copywriting to alleviate all those concerns or highlight all of those, you know, hopes and dreams because I am not an expert copywriter by any means, but it's just a trick that I have done for probably the last year of just really seeing what people want and then catering our offering to what those people are desiring. So I know you mentioned some of the sources that you kind of look at. Where do you look at in terms of like, do you look at other beauty brands and look through like their comments or are you looking through other direct-to-consumer brands and other niches? Yep. Skincare brands, no matter what it is, and anybody can use this tip, whether you're in the food and beverage, clothing, whatever it might be, there's so much information that people are just putting into your hands, all you have to do is just know how to find it and how to use it. So I'll go on our competitors' websites. I'll read the reviews. You know, like, what are people loving about their new product launch? What are people hating? And so I can take that content and say, well, if somebody commented, I waited five years for my package or I waited two weeks, whatever it might be, I can, if that's a repetitive message that I'm seeing, especially with Black Friday, Cyber Monday coming out, I know, all right, maybe we should change our announcement banner to free two-day shipping, you know, whatever we're offering at that time. So I'm understanding these concerns that people are having and I'm alleviating them. That's awesome. Do you look at other like brands outside of beauty as well when you kind of do that research or is it really like sticking in your niche? I'm really just sticking in my niche, but anybody can really do it. Very cool. That's awesome. So I know there's a lot of different plays that brands can run for leveling up their retention strategy. And I'm sure you probably tested a lot of different things as well. What are like maybe the top three things that you've done that you really feel have kind of pushed the needle there? Yeah. And just to give you some background, I had no idea what retention even was when I first started. You know, I started as an intern doing email marketing. And then a couple of years ago, we saw SMS marketing start to become really popular. It's like, all right, we'll adopt that marketing strategy. Oh, we don't have a reward program. Let's make a reward program. Joanne, we'll put that on your plate. And then so over time, everything that I was working on, even as an intern to a part-time employee to then head of retention has become our retention strategy. And so I would say the top three things is I talk to our customers like they're our best friend or even my personal best friend. I want to talk to them like they are royalty because I know in return, if I treat them like royalty, they're going to treat us like royalty and they're going to share our brand, their experience with all of their friends. And so that's what I really like to focus on is just making sure that I'm talking to them like they're an actual person. It's And it's not like I'm just sending a mass message out of our bestsellers that you should purchase because everything I think should just be really personal. So do you do a lot of, uh, I guess in that sense, you probably are doing like a decent amount of segmentation, right? Yep, absolutely. Awesome. And even, I guess, thinking about all of the different things that you're doing on the retention side, you talked about like a rewards program and SMS, and I'm sure there's probably other like parts to this as well. How do you kind of manage all of these things? How do you spend time like knowing like where to apply more pressure or even just like the general management of all these different parts. 
I know. It's kind of crazy because whenever I explain my job to somebody, they're like, you do all of that? And I'm like, yeah, like I do. Um, but it's it's really not that bad because I feel like I can break my time up really easily. Like in the morning, I'll wake up, check my email, and then I'll spend a couple hours in email marketing. Great. I knock out a couple campaigns. I update some flows. And then I'll spend a couple hours on SMS marketing. And then I'll do the same thing, bang out a couple campaigns, you know, update the flows, just making, moderating those accounts and just making sure that, you know, there's no negative customer feedback, you know, taking the comments of our customers and applying that to our marketing. And the same thing for the website. I'll just take a couple hours, you know, double check to make sure that everything is good on the website. And I'll just like rotate my time like that. And so I am daily spending time on all of the platforms that I manage, but it's not so overwhelming where I'm spending all day in Clavio and then the next day, all day in SMS. But then I get a message in Clavio, but I didn't check it that day. And so that's kind of how I like to stay on top of things. And especially if anybody's listening that is a business owner, it's a really great tip to just work on little things throughout the day and then it won't seem that bad in the long run. Are you interested in DTC and e-commerce content? Join Trend's exclusive community for everything DTC, the DTCers community. We're talking marketing, product, growth, and more, all about DTC. Go to trend.io slash podcast. That's T-R-E-N-D dot I-O slash podcast and look for the Slack community link to claim your invite. We hope to see you on there. What are you looking for when you look through it? I guess email and SMS specifically, I know you mentioned updating flows. Yeah, I mean, I'll look at those maybe once every other week. It's not kind of like an everyday thing. I more so spend time, you know, looking at analytics or creating new campaigns for email. And then in Postscript, I'm looking at responses. You know, we have so many flows set up in Postscript that I do like to go in kind of like every day and just like relook at some of them, see if I can make them better. And then as I get texts, from other brands for inspiration, you know, I'll put that as a campaign. And so it's kind of like a daily thing for me and I really enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. How much of it is uh, like, I know there's plenty of different strategies that different brands use. Like, are you more so on the approach? Cause I I think even the example text message you shared on Twitter uh, had someone responding, I guess you're more so on the side of getting people to respond and then using that, I guess, in other ways or either, in SMS as well, right? Yeah, so are you talking about the campaign? Do you know which campaign? Yeah, I I think the one about the shipping picture that shows in the warehouse, right? Yeah, I mean, anything that I can create like a personal campaign for, I am all about. And so yesterday I sent out a campaign and it didn't even have a call to action. I just wanted people to respond to it just to boost that engagement. But it was a gif of me and Krista and we were in the airport and we were doing like a little dance. But it just says, we just got back from LA. Can you guess what show we were filming for? If you guess it right, you'll get three, like we'll gift you three free products. And the amount of responses that we got was just insane. And so I like to think of Clavio and Postscript SMS marketing as a platform to just communicate with our customers, even though it is a marketing platform. I just want to build those connections and just really see like, all right, like what people are going to guess, like, can we send them any free product? And so that was a great campaign. And I'm not really concerned about, you know, wasting credits and not having any revenue come from them because I'm sure that a lot of customers like thought that that was fun and like were curious to see like, oh my gosh, like what TV show are you filming for? And so those are kind of the approaches that I like to take. You know, if Aisling was a person, what would they be texting to their best friend? And so that's kind of the 
perception that I like to have when I do anything in marketing. Yeah, I'm sure it probably lets you learn more about who that customer is and what they're interested in too, right? Exactly, yeah. Awesome, that's that's really cool. So I know you touched on that a little bit. There's a lot of different kinds of things that you send in your flows. Like we've talked about like GIFs, talked about those really like personal flows. I think there's also links in there that you've used like to direct products. Like how do you kind of think about all of those ideas? Like anything interesting that you're pulling and using right now or any tips you can kind of share out to the audience on that? Yeah, I mean, we have a bunch of great flows and I would say the basis of them are, you know, post-purchase follow-up, just giving them all the information that they would need to know. So after that order delivered, they get their product. All right, now let's educate them. So that's everything from how they should store the product to application tips to, and I'm not even like these texts in our post-purchase, they don't even have links to buy something because we're not offering free shipping right now. So what are the odds that they're going to purchase something right after unless they have an issue with the product? And so these post-purchase texts and emails, they really don't have a call to action. And I think that's how it should be. And so just making sure that the customer is educated on everything that they need to know about the product. And then a little down the line, it's like, hey, like, let's write a review. Like, what do you think of it? Like any feedback for us? And then, you know, months down the line, I mean, we're still communicating with this customer, but this is a different flow is the win back. And so if they haven't purchased in X amount of days, we say, hey, like, we miss you. We want you to come back, blah, blah, blah. We have a couple flows there. And then the third message also got a lot of traction on Twitter. And this was just like something that I randomly thought of one day driving is this third flow where I offer them a incentive if they haven't shopped with us in, you know, 45, 60 days is, all right, if you don't need a replenishment or don't need to refill any of your beauty products, that's totally fine. Why don't you share this coupon code with a friend, with a family member who hasn't switched to clean beauty yet and get them on board too. And so we can track that in Shopify by a first time purchaser using that code. And you wouldn't believe how many how many customers actually share that code with their friends. And so that's just like a little acquisition hack that I like to do. And it's kind of part of that like scrappy marketing method that I love. And so that's a great flow that we have set up. And then the last one that I'll know is, you know, way, way, way down the line after they've purchased is I actually just took the product photography today is you know, we took a tinted lip oil and we scratched up the logo and then we took a foundation bottle and we emptied it out and we took a lot of gifts and photography of used and like beat up product. And so what we're going to do is we're going to set up some postscript flows and some email flows of, hey, like, does your foundation bottle look like this too? Like, why don't you replenish that? And so we're really creating a relatable experience to that customer because I know I've had a tinted lip oil, one of the lip products that we sell in my purse, and it does not look cute. Like I use and abuse that thing. And so I'm assuming that a lot of our other customers probably have that same tinted lip oil that just looks used. So why not just get a new one? And so that is the type of approach is I just put myself in the mind and in the seat of the customer. And I think what touch points would I like to receive across, you know, my whole entire experience with Aisling? Very cool. So even like you're using like a lot of like content over there as well. Does that ever like funnel back into what you're doing, like maybe on the paid side um, in terms of content? Like, do you ever test content on social and figure out what works well and put it into email and SMS? Or is it like the reverse way? Like, how do you think about that when it comes to content? 
Yeah, content creation is something that we focus very heavily on being a beauty brand. And we found that the content from our CEO, because I really do think that she is the face of the brand and her story of why she started the business, that really resonates with our customers because she was sick for years before she started aisling with daily migraines and nausea. And it was the makeup that she was using every day and the harsh chemicals and overly fragranced products that she was using that were causing those migraines. And so she tossed all of her products and her migraines and nausea went away. And so she went to find organic makeup and none of it worked. And then she started aisling. And that's the story that I feel like a lot of customers resonate with and that they can relate to because she's somebody that just uses organic products on a daily basis. And so anytime we create content or film a reel or she jumps on Instagram stories, the engagement is just insane because people want to hear from her. And so that's the type of content that we like to focus on in addition to different application videos, you know, beautiful product photography. We have an office here that we do all of that in-house with and a team of lovely interns. And so they really help us out as well. And so when it comes to that type of content, you know, Krista loves to send out text-based emails, just personal, you know, not even really selling anything, just saying, you know, hey, like I had a really hard week this week. Here are my three tips that I did to like turn my week around. And our customers go nuts. Like the amount of replies that we get from either those postscript campaigns or those email campaigns just saying like, oh my gosh, like I had a really crappy week too. Like, thanks for this. It's just, that's just our approach that we like to take with marketing. So that's awesome. How often does Krista step in for the the SMS piece, like in terms of sending people messages directly? Usually she'll just send me an audio message and I'll just like <laughs> transcribe it and then put it in SMS or in Clavio. But most of the time she'll write those text-based campaigns and then send them to me and then I do all the back-end work. But all of those messages are coming from her. Nice. Well, that's a cool hack, I think, for a lot of people that maybe are working on a team, you know, getting an audio message from your founder or something like that and just kind of like, how do you repurpose that into something maybe more text-based or even potentially like visual, right? And a brand that does that really well is Uncommon James. They're a celebrity jewelry line from Kristen Cavallari. And their SMS marketing is so good. So good. Because with I feel like with every celebrity brand, you know, it's just the brand. And then the celebrity is kind of the face of the brand. But none of the marketing really goes into the day-to-day, like with Fenty Beauty or Fenty Skin. You know, I have, I'm signed up to their SMS marketing. And every single text that I get from them is just a sale. It's like, no, like I want to see what Rihanna's doing on a day-to-day basis. Like I want to see her in the office. Like I want to see what her favorite lip product is, but I just don't see that from Fenty Beauty. And I love that line, by the way, it's an incredible line. But with Uncommon James and Kristen Cavallari, you know, every single text that I get is just a selfie from Kristen. It's in the office. It's like, hey, everyone, like, what is your favorite part about this week? Like mine was, we got a new shipment in and then They just like, they sell themselves in a really different and creative way. And you really get inside look into Kristen's life because she is that face of the brand and you can tell that she's running that brand. And so that's kind of the same approach that I like to take with our SMS marketing. And I found that our customers love it just as much. That's cool. And I'm sure you probably have like a really good synergy like there, like with Krista in terms of like, hey, you know, maybe like on the operation side, like this is what's going on over here in this piece, like how do we relate and connect that back to something that we can give like a, we can add like a personal message and personal touch from you. Exactly. And especially because we focus so heavily on content creation, our marketing calendar is two weeks out. You know what I mean? So we work on a very short basis because we want to adapt to trends. You know, we want to have that room and that flexibility to really change things on a dime because 
working for a small business, things literally change day by day. And so that's just a great tip is that I don't really spend a lot of time planning out months and months of content in advance because things change so fast that we just always like to stay on our toes. And then that way it's way easier for us to adapt to different trends. I think that's a really good point. And I think something that other brands can follow there. And in terms of like the content production as well, like how much content are you producing? Because it does seem like even though you're running in like kind of like two week sprints, you are producing a lot of content. So like, what are you thinking about over there in terms of like content production? Yeah, I mean, we focus very heavily on TikTok right now. It's kind of our avenue. Krista quickly grew her TikTok in I think six months to 50,000 followers. And I think that's the big reason why I talked earlier about relatability, because it's not these big, giant production shoots that cost thousands and thousands of dollars. Sometimes it's just Krista making a TikTok in her car, like waiting in line at Dunks. And like, those are the types of videos that I've seen perform a lot better than, you know, our content shoots and the videos from those. And so I would just say to anybody that's nervous about content creation is just start getting in front of the camera, you know, breaking down those barriers in those walls of just being like, oh, like not really my thing. Highly suggest it for anybody. And that is just the approach that we like to take is just very relatable. You know, it could be me in my, in my bathroom, in my mirror, and just showing you how to apply the Bali bronzer. You know, it doesn't have to be this giant production. And I feel like when you're behind the phone, you relate to that content a lot more. Yeah, totally. You know, it doesn't have to be super well polished. And I think that's the thing a lot of brands are finding out. Awesome. Well, I know we're coming close to the end of the podcast over here for the recording. I always like to to ask because I think most people that we bring on the podcast are usually paying attention to other direct-to-consumer brands as well. I know you mentioned Uncommon James as one. Are there any other brands that you're really paying attention to um, or anything that you really love that you've seen recently? Yeah, I think CrossNet does an incredible job at email marketing. And I believe the founder's name is Chris, but he is great to follow on Twitter if you're looking for somebody to you know get inspiration from for your business. Their email marketing is hilarious. Their copywriting is on point. It is just so relatable and funny. Maybe it's just because I was a volleyball player, but I love opening up those emails. And Three Ships Beauty, I have to give a shout out to my girl, Lily. She does an incredible job with all of their marketing. And Blue Land is actually a really great brand that I purchased from in the past. And they have done an incredible job with those customer follow-ups. So that post-purchase education. And they sent me a text. I'll never forget it. Literally when I was on my last dishwasher pod, they timed it perfectly. And I don't know I don't know how because I don't start my washer every single day, but they sent me a text right when I ran out. So it was just crazy. And so that was a customer experience for me that I was like, wow, like we really got to do something like this. We really got to get this timing right because it just created an unbelievable experience. And so those are the three brands that I love. That's cool. Well, it's funny that Chris from CrossNet is actually going to be on the podcast pretty soon. And we've had Lily on here before. Uh, So I guess we're going to have to talk to the third one and get them on as well. But Joanne, it's been awesome having you on the podcast over here to to talk about retention. Tons of insightful things and a lot of action items too, I think, for brands to take away. But before we wrap up, I want to pass the mic over to you one last time. What's next for you? What what are you and your team working on? If there's any cool links that you want to share as well, ways for people to connect with you, feel free to drop those. Awesome. Yeah. People can connect with me on Twitter. It's just, it's Joanne Coffee and coffee spelled E-Y, not E-E. I get that a lot. <laughs> um, what's next for Aisling is some really exciting stuff. We're launching a new website in about three weeks. So that is going to be incredible for us. 
And everybody can use discount code podcast for 15% off all Aisling Organics products if they're interested. Very cool. Well, we'll definitely include those links in the podcast show notes, including the coupon code as well. Super excited to see the new website. I think this episode, by the time it airs, will probably be right around the time um, when the new website's coming out. So yeah, that'll be great. But thanks again so much for joining us, Joanne. It was awesome having you. A lot of great stuff. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it.